We're at the mental hospital. Yes, we are. And we, we are, are all getting locked up and it's not going good. <laughs> so what you and said yeah. today, tonight is that you met Misha that way and you also followed Henry. I did, yeah. So you're a stalker. Tim stood there in his nice warm coat and I'm in a t-shirt like this. <laughs> are you sure this is normal? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you just want to react to that idiot. Yeah, just kidding. <laughs> that I'd come on to them. What? Uh, bear in mind this man was old enough to be my granddad. I cannot do it. It's so toxic from every department. I'd, I'd work for anyone in here. That's not a problem, because I know that everyone in here doesn't have an issue. Right, get him a brush there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you not seen a big cat eating a little dog? Hey, welcome to Talk Top. So we're here today with myself, Misha from Midnight Langs. We've got Tim from Carspunk and Leyland Carker. And we've also got Henry from HD Raps. So Tim, do you want to talk about whereabouts we are today? We're at the mental hospital. Yes, we are. <laughs> we, we are, are all getting locked up and it's not going good. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> uh, we are here at Leyland Carker today, which is our home. It's where Carspunk is and also where we host all the meets for Midnight Langs. So yeah, we're, we're, this is our first Talks Up uh, podcast, so please bear with us with all the uh, bits and pieces that may go wrong and may go right. So yeah, as Tim said, you know, this is our first ever podcast we've talked up, the automotive podcast where we cover stories that we should and maybe shouldn't. Uh, so what have, what have we been up to this week? So what have you been up to, Tim? Cleaning cars. Cleaning cars. As usual. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in particular? Yeah, a few bits and pieces have come through the doors. Um, bit of marketing with Seb over here um but yeah getting ready for this I think this is like been everybody's thing to get ready for this isn't it yeah definitely how about you Henry well same really getting ready for this um finishing off our project car so that's out there now oh what's the project car uh it's a c63 all right oh, it's the coupe the oh, amg nice. um in chrome nice. yeah so it'll draw a bit of attention Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. It's a shame about we've got no sun though, isn't it? <laughs> That's gonna. You said about bringing that to the ne one of the next meets, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. We'll get that down. We'll get that down as a feature car. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. we've been planning for our next meets with Midnight Lanks, so um, you know, we've got we've been doing a lot of cars and coffee with you know like the weather changing and mm. you know because we're missing all the sunlight and at car meets people want to be there to see the cars, so we've we've kind of changed the times of our meets. So that's been our focus through winter. Also making lots of new merch and ideas and stuff like that and preparing, preparing for next year, really. So, yeah, exciting stuff. So, um, today our guest is Corey uh, from Mid That Lang. So, Hi. welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> so, do you want to introduce yourself and, you know, how you're in the car scene? Um, what brought you here? A little yeah. bit about yourself. That's fine. Obviously, I'm Corey, Misha's already told you. Um, <laughs> I'm the other half of Midnight Langs, I'd say. One of us is the brains and one of us is the beauty, but I think we both qualify for both of those. <laughs> um, I got into cars through um, fr from a really young age, actually. My house is actually like backed onto the M6. So my grandma used to take me up on the bridge that goes over the motorway and I used to just point at cars and tell her what was what. And I'd know it from just from the lights. I sat there in the dark and I'd be like, she asked me what they were and I'd be able to tell her straight away. I was a weird kid. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's better than train spotting. Uh, well... Yeah. I mean, each to their own, but... You've got know. a couple of friends that do train spots as well. <laughs> Are 
He's got the uh, Francis guy, did oh, he? He's TikTok. amazing. He's brought a new dynamic to the. Uh, oh, with his head, head cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I want one. Is that what you used to do <laughs> on the motorway bridge? I want <laughs> I, I need to get. I need to go back to being four and get a little head camera. That's some proper good shots. <laughs> I think you'd suit that. <laughs> what's brought you back to car like into it so obviously with you being into cars from a young age what's brought yeah. you back into it with um you know it was it's always been there it was just a case of never feeling like i was going to places and being accepted with me being obviously different with me being gay and obviously with you being a woman as well like you've experienced it yourself like yeah. you go to things and it just doesn't seem to be very accepting you don't seem to walk in to like open arms and Everybody, you know, even if you have like a cool car or whatever, it just it just gets shunned because of who you are. Like you're attached to that car, so it's like for a long time I didn't bother. And then obviously I came. The, the one of the first meets that you had, walked in and just instantly felt completely different. Felt like everything was, you know, a proper happy place. Everyone wanted to get on, and it was just like a big family. And that sort of dragged me back into it. Got me, got me the little kick up the bum that I needed, and now I've got <laughs> got back into cars again. Good. Thanks for breaking my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's crazy, though, actually, because obviously, looking at the scene, you assume everybody's like a real big, massive petrol head, and yeah. it's full of, you know, big, boisterous boys kind of thing. Like this. Yeah. But then, when you actually turn up on me, it's not. No. You know, they're all friendly, they're all nice people, they're all reasonably, you know, accepting. Yeah. So, I even find it strange that you had an issue, you know, with the men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's crazy to think, you know, we're in 2022 and you know, there's so many different people from all di different walks of life. Like, you know, people still do experience that discrimination. It's unfortunate, like myself and you, we've we've experienced it and we've shared our stories around that. Um, have you guys received any anything along those lines? Or? No, I'm just no? a normal fat white guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you're accepted everywhere, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. Yeah. But yeah, but what I love is the diversity with everyone involved in the car scene. There's so many different people um, with so many different stories. Um, and especially what we do within Midnight Lanks is try and include everyone. And it's, it's great. Would you say, though, that the car community or the car meet community is more male-dominated? Yeah. Because I have seen yeah. there's been a change. You know, with Carspunk, we did a thing called The Girl Got This and seeing how girls are now more getting into doing the cars up and buying these nice cars, you know, and the car, the car community is evolving, I think. You know, I know what you've been just been saying, but I do see a change happening in, in the car community. Have you felt that? Yeah, massively. Yeah. It's in a massive influx of girls doing some really cool builds at the minute. You know what? I think it all came from lockdown, you know. It did. During, during COVID, you know, Girls, loads of different people, to be fair, and they, they couldn't go out and enjoy, like, nights out in the nightclub or, you know, going shopping or bowling. And a lot of people turned to cars because mm. it was something you could do within your own time. And people may have had it in the back of their mind as to what they were, you know, they were wanting to get into that. But during lockdown, a lot of people started focusing on the cars. We saw, you know, a huge influx in people getting in touch with Midnight Lang saying, you know, about the story and about you know, how they've just discovered it and they've, you know, they, they want to get involved with it. So when we came back um, after lockdown, we saw an influx in a lot of girls 
uh, that that decided to come along. Um, and it's just it's just growing from there. And loads of different people, loads of different yeah. people join in. We um, saw a lot of our growth through lockdown as yeah. well, didn't we? Like our followers through lockdown went through the roof. Crazy. And then when we came back, we were we were scared about what numbers to expect. <laughs> right? we, we, didn't, we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> but now we do meet, you know, at, at yeah. Leyland Carco, and it's succeeding like. 200s we're in the 200s mark yeah, and it's like. a good it's a good environment people are coming down mixing all ages and you know our families coming down we've got the food and you yeah. know all that going on and it's just a good little community you know um we're gonna see how it goes through the winter months last one we just did in, in november was really good everybody got in here and huddled together and it was uh unfortunately got my injury from that car and burnt my hand yeah, <laughs> yeah you're gonna tell hurt. them about that um so we had a, a caterum that came in and it had just been dropped off and the guy said, can you just give it a quick flick? He drove it here in the rain with no helmet on, no nothing. <laughs> it was just pure, just drive it, you know, which I think is the best thing, isn't it? It's just like, that's feeling the wind and everything and you, in one of them things, they're fast. Anyway, we parked it in here and we had to give it a quick white round and stuff and I stuck my hand straight down where the exhaust is, as you saw, it was the aftermath yeah. of it. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite painful, but now it's healing up quite quick been painful though because everything everything when we're cleaning cars everything that can stick itself into it has stuck itself <laughs> into it's like that with a knife oh, i've been killing oh, but yeah there's a really nice story behind you know when we first met and that yeah. on my birthday it was really it was quite similar time to when i actually said i was owner of the club because yes. i was really scared of how people would perceive yeah. me um, and I feel like the way that you came across with that was just a true example of what people in the car scene could be like. And it was just so nice. I'll never forget that. Come yeah, on, Corey. How I did you we meet? Well, we met at the first meet that I came to, the, the one like we were saying before, dragged me back into cars. Um, then a couple of weeks later, you had that other meet that we did in Bolton. Yeah. Um, and it was on your birthday, weren't it? Yes. And I didn't even know you then properly, did I? But I realised that, you know, you were doing the meet on your birthday nobody really knew so we all turned up with little party hats and we had a cake printed with midnight lengths on it for you and we did loads of stuff and i was like hmm let me just buy this stranger a cake i remember yes. stopping down the road to put all the balloons yeah. in <laughs> yeah, cars. i remember i was fighting with balloons because i was trying to get them when they put the window up you know like just so the end of the balloon was shut in the window and i remember when we were coming down like all the way up the road because it was hidden when it was I can't remember who it was, but one of them opened the window and I just watched the balloons come off. I just spent about an hour putting balloons on cars. <laughs> my head, I just... <laughs> I, I, just can't. I just thought, all these people, they, they don't even know me and they've made this much effort yeah. to acknowledge, you know, the meets and how they enjoy them. And I just I just found that so touching and it's just, yeah, something I'll never forget. So. You're just such a nice person, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you are. <laughs> how, how long ago was how long? How long has it been? Oh, it must have been about... Three years? Yeah, it's been Something a like that, it's yeah. been a long time. It's not been as long as you'd expect, though, like, with the way that we are with each other. Yeah, <laughs> we were both both in courses. I mean, like our our taste and like stuff in cars has changed dramatically, and we've changed a lot as people throughout all of the experiences with mid lengths as well. I would say. Yeah. So what you said today tonight is that you met Misha that way, and you also followed Henry. I did, yeah. So you're a stalker. Yeah. I did, yeah. Well, no, I wasn't following Henry. I wasn't following yeah, yeah. him. I was at the traffic lights near my house. Yeah. And Henry just happened to pull up next to me. Don't worry. And I was looking out the window of my car at his car, and he was looking at my car. We were just looking at each other's cars, all right? A mutual love. But I was actually admiring the rap. 
I was looking at the bonnet to see what company it was. <laughs> yeah. I <have> changed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So your your relationship with Misha has, has grown since then, and you got yeah. into Midnight Lanks and become yeah. a part of it. I've become like Misha's little. Scapegoat, I love it. Scapegoat. <laughs> uh, anytime something goes wrong, it's like, Chloe, can you just... <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So, saying all that, how do you think your confidence being homosexual in the car scene has, has changed since everything you've just been saying about, you know, coming in back into the car scene and, you know, meeting Misha? Yeah. And how has it helped you in, in many ways? When I used to go to, like meets and shows and stuff like that like it would constantly be in the front of my brain like people like I'd be walking through and I'd be like people are staring at me people don't want me here certainly other wherever I go now it's just in the back of my head I really don't care because like we've we've built up something so great where I, th I think people mustn't care do you know what I mean like we've got so many people that are friends of us come to the car shows enjoy us as people as well as the stuff that we do where it's it's just put my mind at ease and like I can go anywhere now and not feel like everyone's staring at me and if I do, I've built up this bad attitude now where I can, I can deal with it. It doesn't bother me anymore. I just put it to the back of my brain and I'm like, you know what, that's your problem, not mine. This is what we're trying to do with Car Spunk is having that confidence and that mm. courage and determination to do different you know, things. People who are stepping out that shadow or that area of where they're feeling a bit of you know, anxiety uh, and getting, just you know, really getting out there, which is what you're doing and it's really good to see you know, what you're getting in and I see when you, when you come to these nights you're one of the main people who, who, who you know going round apart from when we get put on gate duty obviously yeah. when we're yeah, banished we, to the gate duty <laughs> we know who wears Tim the and Corey are banished to the gate duty once again down at the bottom letting everybody in and out Tim's stood there in his nice warm coat and I'm in a t-shirt like this <laughs> <You> <laughs> <did>. <laughs> nice job you I came, chose to wear that yeah, you came problem. down and you were like <laughs> oh I was in shorts as well weren't I it was my idea shorts and a t-shirt I was in tiny little shorts <laughs> and I was like you sure this is normal? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing I ever do is normal. No. <laughs> when you're going back to like the way you felt, would you say that was mainly from other people or would you say some of it was would come from yourself as well with your self-confidence within yourself? I feel like it was probably me. Like I, I in the past I tend I tended to bite too soon. Mm. Like if someone looked at me, it could just be, you know, like just just a glance and in the back of my head I'd be freaking out thinking oh my god they're staring at me they hate me whereas it's like now I can tell the two apart if that makes sense like I can walk past someone if they look at me I'll just smile and I'm happy and it's like but in the past I probably would have been like I'd probably grab me and be like that person was staring at me <laughs> <laughs> so the more confident you got within yourself the, the more accepted you felt others have had for you yeah and you it's, say? it's built this thing in the back of my head where I just I, I don't feel like I need to be different anymore like I used to go to shows and I'd put like this oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a brave face on but yeah. it was like yeah I sort of acted like a different person I didn't want people to you know I me mean? and like when I was growing up I did it as well obviously like high school stuff like that people don't, they don't kids they're always horrible aren't they and it's like mm -hmm. all the way through school and stuff like that like I acted different because I didn't know myself and I didn't want anyone else to know me yet and it's just I've built up this thing where I've just finally found myself and you wanted to conform to yeah. the norm. And I apologise to everyone that's met me because you probably hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think well, I'm assuming that's probably why they love you, though, isn't it? It could be. Because could you are be. now yourself. I wouldn't blame them if they hated me. I've got a very, very big mouth. <laughs> I think a big, big point is, um, like, where you've come from is, you know, when you did your rap 
from the beamer. Yes. I feel I feel like that's got a story behind it. It it did and it didn't. It I did it at first because I really liked it, and then in the back of my head I was like, hang on, this actually this, this works. So I had obviously the camouflage side that was dark and you know like gloomy, and that was supposed to be like the dark. Then the white side was like the light, and the pink down the middle was the little on the top. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the pure sauce. Just a little yeah, bit yeah. of. You know, yeah. you know how much I'm obsessed with pink, anything that sparkles, oh, yeah. pink, anything like that. I'm a stereotype, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and now you've got a new car, haven't you? I have, I have. I've just bought a Cooper S. Nice. Um, no idea what I'm doing with it yet. It's just one of those things where I just saw it and I was like, that's going to be mine. Is it going to have anything to do with pink? I don't think I'm going to do pink, you know. Really? I really don't. I'm feeling like steering away from it. You need to sit down with Henry and get some ideas. Yeah, we'll get some design yes. thrust out. Yes. Yeah. We've got some wonderful I mean, you never know what could come in the future. It's probably going to end up pink. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done a few minis, Henry? Or Minis? Um, yeah, I've done quite a few minis, actually. Yeah, the latest one was like a, a polka dot, but it was Ooh. on a transparent. Because the lady wanted to keep the colour of the car. Right. So we did it on um, like lots of different colours to match the product that they were selling. And that's now somewhere in Italy. You did, really? Uh, yeah. You did live Cook's uh, Eurus pink. Oh, I've seen yeah, that. that was a that was a nice pink. Yeah, that was a that yeah. was a nice pink. Yeah, she that. parks on the car park where I do my cheerleading all the time because my mum lives across the road. So every time yeah. she parks out there, I'm always walking around it and I'm like, <laughs> "How does it feel to live my dreams?" <laughs> <laughs> How are you with the football? With the football, me? Yeah. yeah. No. How can you live her dreams then? No, she's living mine in <laughs> the right. Lamborghini. <laughs> no, not the football. Me and football does not work. <laughs> Absolutely not. My dad wishes. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> Didn't happen. Did you get any grief originally when you went out into the car scene? Was there any kind of points that you go back to where it give you that anxiety? Or was it just the normal kind of just the way people are? The thing that I noticed in the car scene, very big, was that like people will never ever say anything to your face. Mm-hmm. It tends to be a lot of social media and the way that people talk behind your back, like in messages, group chats, stuff like that. Um, but the biggie for me was having someone, I'm not going to name them because obviously I'm not here to out people, but someone with quite a large following on TikTok. We know how TikTok works. People comment, videos get traction. But someone on TikTok decided to say that everything that I do was an inspiration from them because they used to have a car that was in a similar design to me. Um, and then the car that she had after that was in the same colours as, you know, the one that I've got on, on the BM or used to have on the BM. Um, she decided to say that I'd stolen all her ideas and, you know, I mashed them together and created my car, which I just want to add on. That was not the case because I had no idea who she was. Mm. But, yeah, it was a very biggie because she... Decided to say that I wasn't creative, everything that I did was stolen from her. And it's like, it really, really got to me because I thought someone with such a large following coming for someone that, you know, at the time hardly had anyone. Like, I think uh, at the time I was still in three figures of following on TikTok. It was literally had like 900 followers or something like that. Um, but I suppose I've got her to thank really because I'm on my way. I'm not far from 10,000 followers on there now. And, you know, I did a video responding back to it that got nearly 2 million views. And. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I owe her a thank you somewhere in that. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to have different, there's always different types of inspiration, isn't there? Sometimes inspiration comes from the negativities of uh, yeah. things that happen and you're learning by them and moving on and, and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. 
I mean, how would you recommend how to tackle that for someone that's, you know, doesn't have any experience with, you know, being being attacked on social media by someone with such a big presence? It must, yeah. it must be so intimidating. How would you recommend for someone to kind of go about that and to keep their dignity with it and respond, you know, in the best possible way? The way that I did it was I kept my, I kept my response quite professional in a way but not professional it's like if you keep it polite they don't know how to respond if you're nice to them do you know what I mean because they're being so horrible and they're openly being so horrible if you're nice back to them or you publicly showcase the things that they've done like what I did with this was I took the comment out of the comments on that video and made a whole new video with the comment pinned in it so you could see what they'd said I didn't say anything back I wasn't being nasty I literally just pegged what they'd said on my video and I, I just let the internet go wild yeah it was oh, literally yeah. like, I didn't have to do anything. I just pegged it, sat back and watched and it was hilarious. Yeah. Because I literally, if I went on their profile now, scroll through the comments on their videos, I still see people asking her why she's, you know, been so nasty to people that obviously smaller than her and, you know, yeah. the way that she bit at people and her attitude and stuff like that. The internet can be just horrible though sometimes. Yeah. It can be. And I've, and I don't know, I, with you, Henry, I don't know what has happened, you know, with your business, but we've had it where... We've had social media and sometimes you just want to react to that idiot who's, you know, messaged something onto your business page and they've put, honestly, some of the things that I've had put on, especially with the name like Carspunk, you can imagine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, just lately, well, you set yourself up for it really, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah with Carspunk, yeah. you kind of, you know, you have to get it and it's yeah. one of them things and, you know, it's, it, the whole thing was was to get attention and all that. But some of the ones that come onto Leyland Carcare, you know, I had a full-blown argument back in the day before I was more experienced. Yeah, before I was more experienced, but I had to deal with it with the guys who we put on about when we cleaned some of the Formula One cars that we do. And they're like, you didn't do that. I was like, yeah, I did. Here's another picture. No, you didn't do that one either. You've got that off Google. I went, go and find it on Google. <laughs> and then I got taught, you know, do not get into these arguments because it's just one idiot who's online trolling and you can really wind yourself up with it. You know, we had recently had somebody who put on about the prices of a certain ballot that we advertised on our social media, and he was like, I can do 10 of them. And, and you know, listen, it was like, crack on. You know, just crack yeah, on. But people, can, <laughs> people can go on there, and they can just, they just see what you're doing. They don't like what you're doing. Say with your design and your BMW, which I remember seeing your car before Midnight Lengths was even here. Yep. Do you know, before we even did anything with Midnight Lengths, you know, I remember seeing your BMW at Tesco car park, and I used to think it because I used to I think see it I all the time. Like, Who's wrapped that? <laughs> <laughs> I should be doing that. I know, yeah, and I, and I did. I, did I, I said basically to to Henry like that's a mint wrap. That did you do that? Uh, He's like, like, no. no. <laughs> no, it was it was nice. Um, the other thing that you have to say in the in the world of cars as well is things don't always go as you plan. Never, uh, never, yeah. never. Yeah, no, they never go yeah. as you plan. So, like I said, you you guys from a distance will have seen my car and been like, oh my god, that car is so nice. But as some people were saying, I took that wrap off and wrapped it again, wrapped it in green. Um, and the reason I did that was because if you got up close to the car, you could see where the wrap was actually splitting. Mm. Um, it had been like overstretched. The, I had the wrap custom printed as well because I didn't want anyone else to have the same. So I had the actual wrap itself printed with that pattern because it didn't exist. Um, but because it was printed, the more it was stretched, 
the lighter the ink went. So mm. it was like some patches, there'd be like a black part and it'd curve under and it'd turn grey. Yeah. Or it'd split and you'd be able to see like a bit of the paint underneath it. Or, and it's just things that other people wouldn't notice, but I knew were there. Yeah. That really annoyed me. So I, like I say, I whipped it off and did it green. <laughs> Stuff that uh, Henry's OCD would go mental. Yeah, about. well, to be fair, I did follow it a few times and I didn't notice one or two things. <laughs> now you say. <laughs> who am I to say, you know, it's like... There was a bit on the back as well, if you, you might have noticed. Yeah. There was a bit on the back where the rap, the print sort of like jumped and repeated itself. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, yeah. but yeah, that oh. was another one. Um, and I took the front bumper off because I built custom, well, one of my friends built custom headlights for me. Bless him, it's fucking made, isn't he? Had to do it twice because they broke. And that was <laughs> why my car wasn't in the parade. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He but drove my, my headlights. I drove my car to his house at 11 o'clock at night to get those headlights built so it could be in the parade the day after, and they all fell apart. I remember <laughs> that. I remember seeing you the next day, not in the BMW, Crying. and it wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> booked in, and this year it got booked into the parade as no vehicle. I didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting. I was just calling walking. Just, just walking <laughs> in, in between the car. Plate. <laughs> Beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. I'll be there with my little my sketches on and just come through the parade. Henry's <laughs> promised to be at the parade. When we're talking about the parade here, we're on about Leyland Festival. Yes. Yeah. So this year, Leyland Car Care puts on a parade and we do the whole park and the parade and it's a brilliant day. Anybody should, who wants to come can come. What's the date? 17th of June, Father's mm. Day weekend. So you will get to see Corey walking between loads of cars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah, I think last year I was expecting to go, but somebody wrote my car off. Oh no! I know. Yeah. It's a bit of bittersweet, to be fair, because I was getting fed up with the design anyway. Yeah. And now it's forced me to create something else. Yeah. And get a new car. So. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. so, talking about your rap and everything that you've just been talking about just then, yeah. do you do you think that people may have assumed when rocking up to these? meets you know with the pink in it and all that kind of stuff do you think that they were assumed anything you know about oh, your I, sexuality or who you are it was um, brilliant the amount of times that i stood back from my car people because first when i first got it done people didn't know it was my car if that makes sense it didn't it hadn't blown up yet no one associated that car with me so i just took a few steps back sat on a wall behind my car and i'd sit behind someone else's car on purpose so it looked like that was my car and i just listened into what people were saying and people would walk around the car and they'd be like oh my god this girl's got really good taste in, in rap <laughs> and i'd just sit there rubbing my hands together like no it's me <laughs> it's mine but no it was um it was really good to hear people's opinions on it because there was people that loved it and there was people that hated it and it was it was i called it the marmite car there was people looked at it and they were like Ugh, pink and it was like that was my thing i love pink Pink's my thing, so I, I was think like, that's the beauty, though, isn't it, about having a because yeah. it's an individual thing, isn't it? Exactly, you can design it to yeah. your own taste. You can, like you say, go you, to Henry for that. You, <laughs> you, you must have seen so many different tastes going through your yeah. place. Do you know, like I've seen some of the designs you've done, the people you've worked with, like we were talking about before with Cavacious. You know, some of the designs that, that you've done for us. You know, and and it's taste in it when it comes to it is. It's an individual industry. thing, isn't it? I mean. I might not like it, but as long as the customer's happy, then that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, they're the one who's getting in it every single day. If it's not their you know, weekend car, that's going to enjoy it. So as long as they can enjoy it. It's like I've got one guy over in um, Nutsford. He's in his 70s, an Aston uh, Vantage, and he's done it with the most vibrant colours ever. Stripes all the way down with a massive explosion on the back end. <laughs> and his wife will not get in it at right. all. So he's had to buy a separate car for his wife to drive because she will not get in it. But he loves it. Yeah, yeah. Imagine yeah, like, how much money. <laughs> yeah. 
I love it when people go, you know, that extra mile with things, though. Like, I know I've talked about this before, but, like, Pimp My Ride. Do you remember Pimp My Ride? Yes. Back, like, back yeah. in the day when they used to do absolutely crazy things. And I just think, you know what? People that go around driving those things, and, like, they're not afraid of what judgment will follow. Like, like yourself, like a lot of people... I was a proper Pimp My Ride fan. I used to get up from yeah. school with a little lap tray and my tea and be sat yeah. tea and waiting for <laughs> it to come yeah. on buzzing. Oh, it's just absolutely mental what people can do to it. And, you know, people take big inspiration from that as well. Yeah. Um, I know I have. Um, and it, it's great to see it influencing other people. Really is like those raps that you do. You know, not every, it's not to everyone's taste, is it? No. And not everything is to everyone's taste, but it's really important that people are going out there and they're making stuff that's, you know, catered to themselves and not afraid of what people might think, which think, is something that's great about you, Corey. Yeah, I think that's the great part as well, because obviously it's, it's an extension to your personality as well. You know, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, as long as you're happy with it. Yeah. yeah. I used matters. to say to people all the time, you decorate the inside of your house, why not decorate the car? Yeah. yeah. It's literally like you walk in your house every day and you think, oh, I'm going to decorate my house because I'm in here every day and I want it to be nice. You're in your car every day. <laughs> <laughs> Decorate your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah some okay. people don't get it, do they? Some no. people are like, why are you modifying? I know my grandma's like that. She's like, why would you spend that much money on your car? Like, I live with mine, I get that. It's an extension of your <laughs> yeah. personality, though, isn't it? Well, it day. is. Yeah, it's, if you're spending that much time in your car and you enjoy it and that's where your passion lies, like people that have different hobbies, you know, they would invest hundreds into it. So if I was into knitting... I might want to spend a couple of hundred quid on some knitting needles. It's not hurting anyone. (laughs) It's a bit the same. It's a bit the same. Well, I don't know. Talked up next into knitting. But it's the same as anyone's hobby, isn't it? But some people really don't understand it, do they? I remember you seeing on your Instagram that you got that guy who brought up the model portion. Oh, yeah. And you replicated it into the real thing. Yeah. And that was really smart. So we got, uh, you know, the 118th scale cars, yeah. and it had a design on it. Yeah, was it the GT3? GT3 words, yeah. it, I think. Yeah. And, uh, and the guy had a real white, you know, white one, didn't he? Yeah. That, that he brought it into yourself, and it looked exactly the same, both of them side by side. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. And he wanted to take that to Le Mans and drove around the track for a few well, months. And then he came back, and then he's like, right, I want to take it back again now. But, I mean, he came in just with this toy car. He's like, can you replicate this on a bigger scale? No artwork whatsoever, just this toy car. Don't give me ideas. <laughs> and I'm like, um, yeah, we'll give it a go. But, I mean, that's the thing as well. I mean, we're going back to, you know, the internet presence and having social media and all the rest of it. But I was off the radar for years. I mean, bear in mind, I've been in the industry now for, what, almost 17 years? And prior to that, it was just the franchise website. Whereas I even stopped answering phone calls because I didn't want people coming in, you know, just like off the street. Because then, you know, half of them are just going to stand there and talk and then you'll never see them again, but then I've got things to do. So it was backing up my day. So I thought, right, let me just take a step back from like, all social media, all kind of marketing and stuff like that. Yeah. And then when you do that as well, you don't really care too much about what other people think. And I think separating yourself from it was, well, separating myself from it was a massive, massive achievement for me to do anyway. Because then I didn't have anybody to answer to, and have anybody yeah. coming back to me saying, oh, um, you did this for somebody else, I saw it, and it's a rubbish rap. You know, all these keyboard warriors. Because they, they couldn't get to me anyway. Yeah, if it's yeah. not there, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah. then it, when you actually open the door, I've not had anything like you've said uh, about customers, you know, oh, we can do this, you can do that. But I have had people say, oh, you know, they've, they said they can do it cheaper. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's fine, you know, but it's not worth my time to do it for their price. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, carry on. Yeah. You've got a new system, haven't you, now, where you just delete all comments. Yeah. As soon as someone comments, you just delete it. There's a filter, you know, yeah. to get rid of idiots, basically, the trolls. Mm. You just use you, anybody starts putting anything bad on. Block them straight away. Yeah. It's actually a thing in your settings where you can block certain words being put in your comments. So if you if you can block the word cheaper, <laughs> get rid of them all. <laughs> 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 yeah. I actually put um, a post on this morning, or was it this afternoon, and it is um, on the lines of you know basically I can do it in 15 minutes, but that's only because I've been doing it for so long, you know. And if you want me to do it cheaper within that 15 minutes, I'll just sit inside. You can go outside for a bit, and I'll just pretend that I'm doing something. You know, it's just like the amount of skill you've have created in order to do it within those 15 minutes. That's what you're paying for, and the quality at the same time. You know, you can pay for something to be fast and cheap, and that's exactly what it'll be, fast and cheap. Or you can pay for quality, and then get what you pay for. Yeah. I mean, it's with everything in life, I think. Mm. It's like with your valets. You know, you've got a price range, haven't you? Yes, too. Yeah, yeah what you can get for what amount of price. And it's exactly the same. You know, you're not going to spend four hours on a car that you're going to charge an hour's job for, are you? No, or no. that they're only willing to pay an hour's work for. You know, might as well go to Joe Vlogs down the road and he can do... You're buying time, aren't you? Of course you That's are. That's what your main thing yeah. is. After your overheads, it's your time. is your main thing. It's a new culture now, isn't it? Trying to get the cheapest prices. I know, for the best deal, for the best yeah, quality. Yeah, everyone's trying to chase it, and yeah. it's, you know, it's it's not worth it all the time, is it? No. I wonder where that's come from. Is it just, is it with the new cost of living? No. Is it, you know, trying to get things done now? Everyone wants something now. Everything's available at the click of a button these days, isn't it? So, you know, it's, it's tricky. And I'm going to jump in on the cost of living topic. Go on. You know how electric is costing a fortune now? Mm. How are people going to run these electric cars? I did think that. About. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did think that at one point. But then obviously that's where they've put it up. They've put everything up so much. Like, you're going to plug this car in. Your electric bill is just going to be like £300 a month. Do you remember More when it was free? Was. Do you remember when it was free? To charge to, your electric yeah, vehicles, yeah. That was all scam, wasn't it? it wasn't that was scam. all a false sense of security. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's an electric car, you can charge it for free. Yeah, it was cost free when it first came out. Yeah. A That's when you, places did it for free. you used to have to plug it into your neighbour's electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just run a cheeky cable through there, yeah. door, not yours. But yeah, it's just, um, that's going up in price. But yeah, that's a really yeah. good point, actually. What's your opinions on electric vehicles? You know my opinion. We, we know the, the little speakers in the exhaust make them sound like a petrol car. <laughs> we all know how that goes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky, tricky subject, isn't it? There's a lot of controversy around electric cars. But to be fair, though, there are petrol and diesel cars that have the speakers... Yeah, there the are, there pipes. are, like the um, diesel, the diesel S, yeah. they've got them in the exhaust as well. Yeah. There's a few uh, Rangers as well yes. that have come out with them. Rangers? No Rangers, like the Ford Ranger. Oh, the Ford Rangers, right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that gets me as well is they're like, they're trying to shift to this whole electric vehicle initiative, but they're not making it, you know, they're not making it affordable. So yeah. it's like a brand new electric car, you're looking at 40 grand. You can go down the road and buy a... Nissan Micra from 1999 for what, 300 quid. You know what I mean? They're, they're not making it affordable. I understand that it's not going to be 300 pounds. It's a production vehicle. It costs them a lot to make. 
but it doesn't cost them £40,000 to make that vehicle. So I feel like they're saying, like, oh, we're bringing the costs down, you can run this vehicle, but the vehicle costs so much, and then it's going to cost so much on top to run it. And then, you know, when they break down, they're bringing out cars with diesel generators to start them again. It's completely pointless, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. The batteries, you have to get them changed. You rent the battery, you never own it. Mm. it my head, I can't. It doesn't work. And the disposal. Yeah. Well, that's it. The problem is, as well, it's, what I don't get is how much lithium is actually in the world. Because yeah. at some point, it's going to run out. Yeah. And yeah. then all the things that we normally power, like uh, our watches, our batteries, all the other stuff, they need lithium too. You know, if we put them all into the cars, then what are we going to do? I mean, well, there was a guy, wasn't there, who actually invented a car no, that I ran just on water yeah. and he, and he mysteriously disappeared. disappeared, didn't he? This is years ago. So the, the technology is out there. Yeah. It's just that we're being, you know, given little bits. It'll never be affordable. Again, it was up until, you know, I'd say a couple of years ago. It was affordable to run whatever car you, you wanted on a normal wage. And then, obviously, everything got expensive. Mm. Everything doubled in price. Ridiculous. Yeah, the infra <laughs> infrastructure's not there yet anyway, especially for electric cars. No. I mean, I took a hybrid down to London, and I thought, I was falling asleep, so I pulled over at the services, and I thought, oh, I'll just plug it in for a bit and have a nap. And I pulled up next to this um, port, tried to plug it in, and none of the plugs fit. So I couldn't even charge it. So then anyway, put some fuel in it and got to London, checked into the hotel and everything, went downstairs again, nipped out, come back, and then there's a little port. So I've gone to plug it in and it was out of order. And throughout the whole hotel, there was only one port and that was out of order. Now, if that was a fully electric car, I'd have just been stranded. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, how are you supposed to make it work if they can't even do the simple things like have enough ports in these places yeah. that we're supposed to be staying in? Does anyone know what happens if you run out of battery in electric It just car? dies. Like, is there, is there any repercussion for that by the police or anything? Or, you know, if you break down on a motorway, for example. Sure, actually. But I have been told. Diesel generator. You have to come and start it again. Yeah. You have to charge yeah. it. Yeah. So it makes it completely pointless. The emissions are coming to fix you. <laughs> I've seen a diesel generator charging up um, an electric um, bobcat. Yeah. Really? Yeah, on a building site. So they've been using this tractor all day. And then in the evening, they take it over to the diesel generator to charge it. And it's like, <laughs> what's the point in that? It does defeat the object a yeah. little bit, doesn't it? It's very, uh, this is what we're doing. We're just going to make it look like we're using electric. And we're just going to fix it. And what do you think to road safety with electric cars? Because, like, you can't hear them. I know we've got little speakers and stuff in them, but... They make that little... Yeah. Well, UFO do not, noise. Do you not think it's safer having a noisy exhaust? I feel like it... You I can hear us coming. <laughs> I feel like it, it, there's so many people that would probably disagree with us on that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I feel like it is. You can yeah. hear us coming, you yeah. know. You come down the road. Like if, when you come to my house, I can, yeah. I'm not even joking. You're, you're not even on the street yet. And my grandma goes, Misha's here. <laughs> <laughs> I think there yeah. are a lot of them on the road, though, now to prove that the safety of them isn't that bad. There is yeah. a lot of Teslas and, and other models out there that... Rocking around, and yeah. I mean, they will have to change the green cross cold. I mean, <laughs> yeah. with the kids in school, when I was in school, it was like, What was it? Stop, look, and listen. Yeah, no, you just can't hear look. it anyway, so you just have to depend on your eyes. Stop, look, and pray. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they're gonna stop selling them, aren't they? Um, like. Or petrol and yeah. diesel engines. Anything so I know I'm going to hold on to mine. Oh, I've got, I've, I've got mine in the <laughs> It's getting saved. You're not having it. <laughs> Do you think they'll actually stop production, though? 
you think it'll actually happen? I don't think they can really, because obviously, I mean, unless these HGVs turn to hydrogen, I don't think it's, it's possible. Mm. You know, there's a the amount of cargo that's carried all around the world, all around the country, up and down every single day, every minute of every day. I mean, how many lorries do you see on the motorway? You know, and imagine just taking those off the motorway, how are they going to replace them all? Yeah. And again, it comes back to the lithium. Well. Is there enough batteries in the world to do that? Yeah. And, I, and I did see that thing about the guy who did ran the car off the water. And he, uh, he did disappear, didn't he? Yeah. It was his brother who's come out saying it was all very dodgy. Yeah. And the car got stolen as well from his garage. Oh, it did, wow. did it? Yeah, so the prototype car that he'd made, that disappeared, and no one's been able to find it either. I was just going to say, I bet that's never been so, seen. I mean, how true this is, it's yeah. documented, Yeah. but, I mean, how documented and how true it is, I do not know, but the evidence is out there if you go looking for it. It's the internet. Everything's true. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you read on the internet is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think about the Fiesta? Right. It's going to be discontinued after 2030, or is it 2023, I think they said. I've had two. You have? <laughs> Worst cars I've ever had. <laughs> no. They're, they are such a staple car. Like, I feel like everybody everybody knows the Fiesta. It's been around for so long, like, 75, 1975, I think, they first came out. And it's literally, like, you've seen them on the road ever since then. So for them to discontinue it, it's the big thing for the car world, especially when you've seen a lot of modified cars, the majority of them being Fiestas. Like, you do see a lot of modified Fiestas. Like, you have seen them at shows everywhere, and yeah. every time they drive in, we're like, Fiesta, another <laughs> Fiesta. <laughs> you know, they, they come piling in. You see a lot of modified Fiestas, and even though they, they have taken a lot of scrutiny over the years, they have been a staple car for people to modify, and they've been very, very popular with, you know, the, the younger generation for the STs and the, the different variants, like the, the Focus RSs. Ford's been popular for its performance cars. So for them to see to see them discontinue the Fiesta is obviously quite a big move, but again, generalising towards the whole. Henry, did you see the age thing there? What did he miss out? So he said mentioned STs and and the others. What the Escorts, the RSs, no, the Fiesta line, the yeah. XR2, the XR2. How could you forget the XR2? <laughs> the XR2, and the XR2i. Yeah. for forgetting I it. Know. Does anybody know the difference between the XR2 and the XR2i? Don't look at me. Educate us. Google. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do old cars. I'll pull my hands up and say I don't do old cars. Is it the difference in the injection or something? Yeah, it was one injected. Is. is that what it is? Yeah. Model. I'm sure it was, yeah. Different brake horsepower, I guess. Not my thing. So many, <laughs> yeah, so many different kind of models that have come out, though. Like, it, it's just crazy they've been going so long. And and the fact that it's won so many awards with being, you know, the most affordable hatchback, you know, through so many years, no wonder it's had such a, a staple on, you know, what what choice people make when yeah. they're getting the first car. There's been a lot of people's first cars. I think yeah. it wasn't it one, voted one of the safest cars as well at one point. Yeah, 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 I believe so. It's won a lot of awards, you know. It's it's crazy to think that it's it's going to go. I mean, what's what's... What are they going to replace it with? Yeah, That's what I want to know. Yeah. Oh, are they going to replace it? And will Ford going to replace it? Void? Or will another manufacturer replace it? Yeah, that's a long time, isn't it? 2009 to 2020 to be the best-selling car. 8 million of them as well have been sold since 1975. That's a lot of tin of beans out there right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
so it's not. I look at it as well, it's like the older generation, like my grandma and granddad, the only cars that they've ever owned have been Fords. So since the Fiesta came out, they've only ever had Fiestas. So I look at my grandma now and I'm like, bless you, what are you going to drive now? Because she doesn't know how to drive anything else. <laughs> she can't. <laughs> Genuinely, she's terrified of driving anything but a Fiesta. That's going to be me car. with the Salikas. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not even like there's been a decrease in sales or anything, is it? No. So I'll have to find out what the reason is. Cause... Who at Ford has turned around and gone? Uh, that is it. It's the end of the Fiesta. Null and void. They must have something going on. There must be something that's going to be coming in the pipeline. Unless they're moving towards... A reason to end that... But they ended the Sierra, they ended the Granada, they ended, you know, the Capri. Mm. So maybe it's the Fiesta's time. The Escort went. Maybe they just like the drama. They yeah, just maybe like, they, they just like that. Oh, no, we're just going to take this away from me now. <laughs> <laughs> you're not having this anymore. Well, that's what I was about to say, but yeah. I was scared you are going to cut. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. they didn't they didn't turn it into an electric version because everyone's everyone's gone that way, haven't they? They're mm. all chasing the the electric dream, aren't they? So imagine and the Fiesta the ST hybrid. <laughs> they brought the KA back. Yeah, they did. You know, a pointless car. An absolutely <laughs> pointless car. The Puma's back. The Puma you know. was okay, <sighs> okay-ish to look at for a while. And then they started doing, you know, stupid things with the body shape and all the rest of it. And then it became, in fact, my sister had a Puma for her first car. And I used to love it because then I didn't have my license <laughs> and she'd let me drive it with her. Um, and then with, I'd borrow it every now and then. Yeah. Uh, obviously only up the road and down the road and, you know, back again. But I loved it. But it was definitely a female car because all oh, my feet were too big. Yeah. The, the, the pedals were so tight together. Yeah, yeah. But I did love the, the car, the shape of it and everything in the Puma. Well, the thing that gets me is it's gone from a small little sporty, like, almost, like, coupe-type vehicle. It's now off the floor. It's like a crossover. It's like a mini SUV. I don't... It's gone from down here to up here. Yeah. yeah. It's become a little family car. Well, yeah, it's no longer a Fiesta, is it, really? When you think about no. it. No. No, I mean, the Pumas. Like, the Pumas oh, the have Pumas. gone from the yeah. floor with a little spoiler yeah. on the back. They've gone to, like, a, a Mini 4 before. I don't... It's gone from down here to up here and it's become a family car. It's really weird how cars change over the generations. Mustang. Mustang, yeah, they've gone oh. to the marquee, haven't they? Not the electric Mustang. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan, I must admit. If you had to have any electric car, because that's all there was, what would you have? Plaid. A what? Have to be a Tesla. Tesla. A Model S Plaid, have to be. If money wasn't an object, hmm. someone else was paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying for it, but someone else can pay for it. I'd have a plaid. Talk to a Tesla. Talk to a Tesla. Yeah. yeah. What would you have, Henry? I'm thinking about it now, to be honest, because I've seen quite a few nice ones, but it, it would probably have to be the Tesla because they are the leading electric brand anyway. Yeah, and I do love the X. Yeah. yeah. Even though the doors... What did he just say? What was that one? Yeah, I have to, I have to change. Can I have a mile to change my thing? <laughs> the Taycan. The Taycan. Yeah, it, it's yeah. nice. It's very nice. Um, but it's just the range that I worry about. I have, yeah. Yeah, in fact, I did some, I can't even say, it wasn't my cup of tea, but we did some uh, Tron lines on the Taycan when it first came out. And that was uh, like from Bolton Porsche. And... There were no natural lines to do Tron lines on, so we had to create our own. And it was like, okay, um, should we stop now? Because you can go too much, can't you, at the end of the day? And then when we stopped, we're like, yeah, that's definitely enough. 
I'm like, oh, can we do the wheels as well? <laughs> like, the wheels? I'm like, okay. That's brave. But yeah, and the tron lines were red. So red reflective on a black car. It does look good yeah. for like social media purposes and, you know, advertising purposes, but to be driving every single day again, you know, it's an individual thing. Yeah. Sure, you are. I don't know if I can go electric. But if you had to. You have to. I, oh. No choice. No can choice. I not go hybrid? No. no. Oh. Full electric has yeah. to be. Go for the Tamulant. It has but. to be a microwave. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably have to go for a Tesla again. Mm. Just, you know, I feel like they were, they were the first ones on the, on the scene and they've, they've had more time to kind of develop um, their models as could well. could see you in a Renault Zoe, to be honest. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Renault Zoe. <laughs> No, I'll be in a sleeker till I die, I think. Unless it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's put some batteries in the sleeker and then Get I'll be happy. <laughs> I think uh, I did an iX last week and that was a really nice electric car, fully yeah. electric BMW. BMW. Yeah. yeah, I do love them. I really do like them. Do you know what I think really fell off? i3. Have you seen the i3s? Yeah. The ones that look like a yeah. terrified ladybird. Yeah. I think it's every panel nice. on it is plastic, isn't it? And it's just like tympan. They did like the, I don't know, but I did a video on my TikTok showing cars and I was like, who approved these from the factory? <laughs> like, who looked at that and went, yeah. I don't, I can't. They, no, they just look squashed. It looks like a squashed IX to me. But well, you've got to go back to like the Fiat Multiplar and, and other ones That like was in that. the video I too. I knew that was coming. That was in the video yeah, too. Exactly. <laughs> I hate that car. I hate the Fiat Multiplar. Who sat there in, in Fiat and went, this is mint. This is brilliant. Or was it like, it's Friday night, lads. We need to have a design on the table. Pretty quick for Monday morning. There it is. Another one. <laughs> Daewoo Matiz. Oh, Don't know who approved that. Yeah, it's still not as bad as the multiplar. I, I can agree with you on the multiplar. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't they like a seven-seater? Well, didn't didn't they have like, they had, a, they had a couple of extra seats inside them or something? Yeah, I think they've got a bench in the front. Because someone on one of my videos was like, oh yeah, but it's practical. And I'm like, I don't care if it's practical. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put the back seat in the front and we're going to move the headlights to the top of the windscreen. It's like they just had the Christmas party and just went, quick, design something quick. Or yeah. Give it Alan from toilet cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> give it Alan from oh. toilet cleaning. I mean, to be fair, Tesla do have its um, its problems as well, even though it's been around the longest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the X, I don't think I've had one in where I haven't seen damage on the rear doors, you know, because they open like the suicide effect and go straight yeah. out. And it's supposed to have like a mechanism where it senses what's there and it goes up according. But I've not seen one that's not got damage where it's hit a wall or hit something before it's gone up. Also yeah. so, I mean, No, I don't think they are. I don't think any electrical vehicle is. Still got no. things they need to work out, I think, because it's still yeah. quite... I wouldn't say new because they've been with us for a couple of years now, but like they're still working out the, the finicky bits. How are they going to make planes? Electric. Electric plane. That's scary. That's terrifying. That really scary. I think I'll, I'll start sailing from after when they start making planes. I'll start Especially walking. for about 10 years. <laughs> they have to have a certain type of fuel on planes, don't they? Yeah. Mm. And it's very, very expensive, very premium. Yeah. And we wonder how, how did they even run it on, on that? Because it's like, I think I looked at the figures once and it was, it was just extortionate. And then you think like EasyJet and stuff, are, you know, they're charging like 60 quid for a flight uh. to Spain. It's like, how are you... How are you doing it? But you know, it's the same thing with if it becomes electric. Like, 
everything will be more expensive again. You'll be getting a flight yeah. to Spain and it'll be four grand. Mm. Yeah. Electric plane. The energy bill. Scary. <laughs> Let me just put my plane on charge. Yeah. <laughs> there's more chargers than petrol stations, but there's more petrol cars. Yeah, individual. That's another thing as well, because obviously you're going to have to have a specific home in order to charge the vehicle outside your house. Yeah. I mean, say you lived on like a terraced row. Now, everybody's going to have to walk past your cable if you're plugging your car in. So it's, I think it's going to be so difficult for people to actually own an electric vehicle who doesn't have their own drive. Because when you think about it, there's the houses that are set back from the road. Like where yeah. I used to live, there was houses at the bottom. I used to live like up on top of a hill and the houses were up there. So it's like, there's no driveway. There's nowhere to put the car. So it's all the way down at the bottom of the hill where there's like, what, at least 20 feet between you and the house. How does the charging cable work? Someone's just going to run off. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Someone's I mean, just going to go, that's mine. Yeah, <laughs> even though, obviously, whilst it's charging, you can't plug, unplug it. Yeah. You have to completely turn it off and then it'll, it, it's got like a, a lapse time Ooh, and then you can pull it out. But even still, you know, it's, it's a massive faff, isn't it? It's like my house now, okay, my garage is at the back. So if I wanted to charge mine out the back, then I could do. But the house next door, they don't have a garage, so they would have to charge theirs and run the cable across the street. Now, the, it's obviously a tripping hazard anyway. Yeah, yeah. And there'll be thousands of lawsuits going on. Exactly. Or even, you know, you can get some idiot just coming over and just cutting the wire. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not feasible at all. Not for everybody anyway. This podcast has now turned into an electric car podcast. Yeah. I, just, I just have visions in my head, so I have a feeling this is going to be really nice. Like, someone just takes his garden shears. Yeah, just going. <laughs> 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 so, Corey, do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, how you've got into the car scene with work? Like, have you done any kind of experience within work to do with the car scene? And has um, it led I've to worked in cars before. I've done... Um, I did car sales. I was um, a manager for an exotic car company. Um, used to sell Ferraris, Lamborghinis, McLarens, anything you can name. That was quite fun. Um, that was the one I didn't mind. And then I used to work for another company um, doing the photography and the videos of cars. You know, when you get a, an interest in a car, you'll probably get a video sent back of you walking around it and stuff like that. I used to do that. Um, that company wasn't the best. Um, <laughs> Had a bit of a, a tough time there. They didn't seem to like the the openness and the way that I was. Um, you have to elaborate a bit now. You can't just leave it there. It was it was mainly just people within the company not liking me as a whole. It was like they took an instant dislike to me. Came up with this this plan to to get rid of me, and ultimately it actually worked. Um, I ended up losing my job there through no fault of my own. But and what did they say? What, what was their reason? They'd basically come up with this story that that I'd come on to them, that I, that I fancied them. Wow. Uh, bear in mind, this man was old enough to be my granddad. It's like, I, I had, obviously, at the time, I had my fella at home. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not interested in you. <laughs> you're literally old enough to be my granddad. Um, so I had to sit down with my manager, have a whole conversation about that. But I had a, a big problem with him as well, with the way that he'd spoken to me. Because he spoke to me about it all in front of a load of customers, in front of other people that worked there. It was just a big, a big shambles, really, and it was just like an overall setup to, I think, either make me lose my job, but if that wasn't successful, embarrass me enough to make me leave. Um, but yeah, that was that was my experience working in the car industry. It wasn't a great one. No. Um, but yeah, I've 
moved on from that, doing my own thing now. And I'll never work for anyone else again. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have anyone kind of have your back during that whole experience? Or did you feel like you were kind of alone with that? Do you know what? Now that you say it, when I look back at it, the, there was only a couple of people that had my back that worked there. But the main one, shock horror, was the women. The women always had my back that worked there. Um, there was a couple of the guys that worked there that were on board with it as well. Like I'd literally, there was there was ways and means that I'd gone out of my way to prove myself. You know, to say like, didn't happen, like check the cameras, check this, check that, check this, that, that, the other. Um, but yeah, it, it just exploded into something it didn't need to be. Um, I put in, you know, like they put in obviously a grievance about me, I got suspended. Um, came back, I put in a counter grievance against them. That just got brushed under the rug as if it didn't happen. And obviously when a company uses their own lawyers and their own internal investigations company to investigate something, everything that you say is going to be <clears throat> just brushed under a rug and it didn't happen and we'll just let you go quietly. Um, and ultimately, the reason I didn't end up suing that company was because I moved into the other job at the dealership where I was a manager, which that one was actually okay, surprisingly. I didn't mind that one as much. <laughs> I mean, within the car scene, you know, people, especially in sales, you know, they can be quite competitive. Yeah, it can be. Do you think it was anything to do with that or? I wouldn't, I don't know. I wasn't there for long enough to even gauge whether it would be a competitive thing or whether it was just a general hatred, shall we say. Um, people just tended to take an instant disliking to me in places like that. Because, well, like I say, it was the mechanics, like the mechanic side of thing. They were working in the, the service bays and they were the mechanics at the place. So they're all walking around with a, you know, manly, all in a big group of men downstairs constantly 24-7. It was just a very uncomfortable situation. Like, I never felt comfortable to go into that area because it was obviously like, that was a whole separate area. But I had to go in there sometimes. If the car wasn't ready, I had to go in and check and see why cars weren't ready and what was going on. And it was just like... If there was ever a point where I had to go into that area, I'd always send someone else to do it. I never went in there because of how uncomfortable I felt. Yeah. So it was, I think it was just a case of they just took an instant disliking to me and I probably took an instant disliking to them as well. The dealership world I worked in for a long time and it's always been, and I've found it more and more so towards the end of working there. And I don't work at dealerships anymore. I cannot do it. It's so toxic from every department. You know, the mechanic side of stuff, I always found not as, as bad. But being valeters in the dealership world, we were like the bottom of the barrel. You know, yeah. I always saw that. The, 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 the way that these dealerships, modern dealerships work now, it's all numbers driven. Literally, you are a number. It's all about numbers. It's about how many cars they sell. And, and I know that is business, but I've seen a lot of mental health and people going through mental health within these dealerships from all different departments. The turnover of staff in a modern dealership yeah. today is, is is like unbelievable. They're always looking for new staff because it's just pressure, pressure, pressure from top just got to a bottom. Revolving door on the front, in out, in out, it has. in out. You know, one thing I have probably never seen in the dealerships I've worked with is I've worked with a few gay people in in the dealerships and I never really saw any. Not saying it didn't happen no, no. itself, but I just I never saw that side. But I do understand where you're coming from, yeah. where you know, there's certain departments and certain individual dealerships as well. I've got some horror stories, which we'll go later in, in the Talked Up series. But, um, yeah, the, it's just not a nice environment in, in the first place to work in. It's not, you know, very toxic. So. And when you dig deep, they'll do anything they can to sell you a car. 
Like a lot of the, you know, the the automotive industry, it can be quite toxic and competitive and and stuff like that. So it's it it is a difficult industry to be in sometimes. Um, and then you've had experience with like you know having different um, you know balances being quite you know competitive with yourself and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's um, it is a competitive industry. Like I say, it's a very fast moving industry. Um, dog eat dog sometimes some dealerships are wonderful you know the smaller ones especially I find you know where you've got a small group of people who've been there a while uh, they become a little bit of a community themselves but then the bigger dealerships it's all about the men in suits turning over numbers that's it they don't care and then you never see the same person in the big dealerships there for, for long not even the top dogs no. the top dogs get turfed out I've seen big big bosses in dealerships being turfed out because of you know, shock horror stories, you that know, whether they're, <laughs> whether they're fabricated or whether it's true, you know, it's just the dealership world is just... It's toxic. Not it's very, a, a very good, toxic. Uh, you know, it's not somewhere I would recommend. I wouldn't certainly have my kids working in a dealership, no. you know, whether the, the you know, valeting to salesmen to sales managers and that. Don't get me wrong, the money's good. Yeah. It can be good. Uh, but the pressure and the, the lifestyle, you the know... Hours. The hours and the amount of divorced men I've seen working through yeah. these places, you know. They don't, you don't have any time to yourself working in dealerships. Like I was there one week, six days, and the week after it'd be five, so it'd be six, five, six, five, six, yeah. five. I literally had one or two days off a week, which was fair enough, but it's like on those six-day weeks, that one day that you have off is literally just recovering from doing 10-hour mm. days for the whole six days, so doing 60 hours a week. Chaos. But there are dealerships, out, there are a couple of dealerships out there that are really good. You know, there's a couple of brands that yeah. I've worked with, the one we're working with now, and they're really good in the way they look after the staff and their staff retention. You can see it in the staff retention. You can yeah. see it in the diversity of people who are working there. When they you work know. with their staff and work with the staff's needs, you see a very, very good success rate. When they, they work against the staff and they, they put out there that they're not, you know, very open to people being different like I've worked at dealerships where they wanted me to take all my piercings out I've worked at dealerships where they've wanted me to hide my tattoos dye my hair back a different colour this that and the other and it's like that isn't the generation of today like the generations of today were all stupid like me they went and got stuff put in the face at 15 they got tattoos at 16 which shouldn't have really happened but it did um, so I, like there's people like me that have tattoos piercings different coloured hair like I know my hair's blonde at the minute but I've had it blue pink purple you know it's they don't fit in and it's like when these dealerships are, are run by people that are probably grown up in a comforted household where they've not had to to uncertain like had the uncertainty of viewing people like me the whole life and mm. you know i'm a very scary thing to them it's like so when i was working at that dealership where i was selling exotic cars the clientele was obviously very shall we say upmarket mm. um and they, they don't want to walk in and see someone like me selling them a car apparently or managing managing the, the finances upstairs and even though I never really saw them yeah. I still even though I was sat upstairs I still had to be in the suit I had to have all see-through piercings in everywhere and the majority of them taken out um, my hair at the time I wasn't allowed to do anything with it I had to have it cut a certain way I wasn't allowed to have anything lower than a, a two it was it's ridiculous they have so many rules and regulations on how you have to look and I don't think that represents companies very well I think if you walked into a place and they had more colour and they had more diversity, I'd walk in and be like, Do you know what, I'm going to buy a car from here just because they're nice people and they're accepting and I can walk in here and feel like, Do you know what, there's someone like me 
but I walk into places and you don't see it. You never, ever, ever see it anymore because yeah. they get pushed out and made uncomfortable and the way that the companies are and the way that they push staff around and like you say, the turnover that they have. You can walk in one day and see someone and the day after they're not there. So it's, it's just crazy to think that there's people out there that might have experienced the same thing as me and you know, that probably could be going through it at the minute. Yeah, well, I can guarantee you there is, you know, and he's a straight guy and he's not, he's been there for years, mm. you know, and he, it was almost like it was a click. Yeah. And he was ostracised and he didn't feel like he, he was valued anymore. Yeah. So ultimately they did the same, you know, uh, you know, one complaint after the other. Yeah. And he's constantly defending himself and then he felt like, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Because once they've made their mind up, you do feel ostracised and then you don't feel confident going into work, don't feel confident selling, don't feel confident speaking to the customers because everybody's staring at you and watching the way you do it, waiting yeah. for you to uh, mess up. So they've got something else to write about. It's all very And then he just walked away and he said that it was the best thing he could have done. Mm-hmm. I felt a massive weight off my shoulder as soon as I walked out of there. I was happy, I was done. I had myself back. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to conform to the way that they, you know, like they wanted me to act or be or I just walked out and I was like do you know what I've worked in car sales twice now it's not for me and then I sat down for myself for a little bit and I was like do you know what I don't want to work for anyone else ever so like I say I started up now I work for myself and I'll never work for anyone else again <laughs> do you ever think you'll do anything to do with automotive ever again not for work career? No. not for work now I don't think I could well it depends it depends who's in charge if I'm in charge, of course. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it depends who you surround yourself with as well, I suppose. Yeah, like I say, if, if there was someone that was nice enough and, you know, that I knew, say if any of us lot, I'd, I'd work for anyone in here, that's not a problem because I know that everyone in here doesn't have an issue. Right, get him a brush there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to take your piercings out though and dye your hair. No, yeah. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's like when people are accepting and open and, you know, you can... I can tell if I, it, with the amount of job interviews that I've been to after doing those and stuff, like, I can sit down in an interview and I can know whether someone's uncomfortable with me or not immediately. And if they are, even if they offered me the job, I won't take it. And it's like, I needed to take a step back and decide with myself, like, do I need to try and find somewhere where I can surround myself with good people that are accepting? Or do I just go off on my own for a bit and build my own thing? And it just ended up ultimately, I didn't have the, the trust in people yet. So I was like, I'm gonna be on my own for a bit. <laughs> And it just shows the toxicity in the car trade, you know, the car dealership trade, when you're having to think like that. You know, when there's yeah. other, uh, you know, you go to furniture uh, places like Ikea now and you see staff there with earrings and tattoos yep. and everything like that. And that's a massive company, do you know? And then you look at Virgin, what they've just been doing with their uniforms yes. and all that kind of stuff. And it shows they, they're changing with the times, but these some of these car dealerships are just they're not, and this is not the brands, by the way. Some of the no. brands I've worked with, you know, just been working with Land Rover at Chatsworth House and they were brilliant. You know, this is the dealerships. This is yeah. dealership level, not the actual brands. Yeah. You know, some of the brands are really coming through, you know, with, with bright, colourful cars and people and yeah. some, they're using them in their adverts and everything. Do you know, for this then to fall back to the dealership level where they're so old, you know, old regime of it what they do. It doesn't make it down the chain to the dealerships. That's the problem. Yes. You need to find a way to strategically get it down that chain and into the dealerships to make other people comfortable. Yeah. It'd be nice to see some dealerships include some more out there cars and people just to, you know, make everybody feel welcome and make everybody feel like they've got 
you know, a place in there as a customer or as an employee. Yeah, it's, it's strange actually seeing it from the other side because obviously I deal with dealerships as well, but I mean, obviously the, the top end dealerships and from the outside looking in, it looks like it's working quite well. I mean, yeah. there is a diverse um, kind of staff membership and anything, but it doesn't look like there's, I mean, obviously there's going to be cutthroat, you know, yeah. everybody wants to make the sale, but they they seem like they help each other yeah. as opposed to trying to attack one another and make you feel away so you don't work as confidently yeah. as you could do. The other thing that I've seen while I was there is that they help each other as long as you have something that will benefit them. Yeah. So if you make more sales, they'll look at you and think, oh, well, they've made too many sales for that week, so I might get a handover off them and then that becomes mine. They, 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 they look at you, they're like vultures. It, it literally is, it's like a vulture's nest. They look at it and they go, hmm, they've made six sales today. They're only working five days this week and I know that they've got things that they need to do. So they'll have a handover on each day and then they'll have one that they can't do. So they'll look at it and they'll go, that's my commission now. You know what I mean? They'll, they'll take that from you and you have no option but to hand it over because you don't have the time for it. So they'll only come and help you or come and speak to you to ben if it benefits them in a way. It's, it's very, very, very toxic. So from the outside, it's very hidden, but once you've been in there, you, you see it for what it is. It's very, very, mm. very toxic. And you know, like you say, it is everybody fighting to make every single sale. Even if it's not their sale, they will fight for a way to make it their sale. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, in that instance, I can relate because I used to work in um, sales. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, both telesales and um, sports stores. And they use, they were commission based, so it was like cat eat cat, do you know what I mean, and cat eat dog, whatever the saying yeah. is. But it was bad, you know. Where you know you'd get people like you pass it, you item to the till, and then if you weren't looking, they'd put their number in and put it through on their number. Yeah. And then the amount of cat fights that happened because of it, and uh, I just used to think, what, why? You know, it's people just it's like not worth it. I just go back to the cat eat dog comment. Are you not seeing a big cat eating a little dog? It's a cat eat dog. Yeah. <laughs> I might just swear, so you have to cut that bit out. <laughs> did you ever find, like, throughout your whole um, experience, did you ever kind of change your perception on cars whilst working in the car industry? Because I know, like, a lot of oh, yeah. the time, it's when you're doing it day in, day out, I don't know if it's different for you guys, but, like, you know, you find mechanics and they absolutely, when they get into, you know, becoming a mechanic, they love working on cars. That passion is so there. But then, you know, if that continues, they don't want to, they don't want to work on their own car. Yeah. Would you clean your own car now? Would you wrap your own car now, Henry? I'm still waiting to do that. <laughs> like, did it ever, did it ever have an effect on you, Corey? I'd say it, it did, yeah. Because obviously you're looking at cars all day, every day. Like if you're in car sales, you're in and out of cars all day. And with both jobs that I've done, they've both been about like, so the first job that I did, like I say, was taking the photos and the videos. So it was about the spec of the vehicle, mm -hmm. constantly walking around, looking at things that the vehicle has and stuff like that. So when you're modifying cars, you're constantly looking what a car doesn't have. So when you sat in cars all day, like at the time I had my BMW. Yeah. So I was sitting in other BMWs that had everything that mine didn't have. <coughs> so it's like, I'm sat in there and I'm like, I get back in my own car at the end of the day and I'd be like, mm. I don't want it anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't have the heated seats. It doesn't have the, uh, <laughs> it doesn't have everything that I want. It doesn't have the panoramic roof. It doesn't, you know, it was, 
It was very tiring to come out of a day constantly looking at cars and what they have and what they don't have to get back in your own car and still be in that mindset of what does it have and what does it not have because you just make yourself feel like an idiot for buying that car because yeah. it didn't have everything on it. But itself, in a sense, you'd, um, you'd leave work and be tired of cars. So it's like I'd get home and I don't know if you noticed while I was working there because obviously we were still friends while I worked there. Did you notice that I didn't really come out as much no I, you didn't I genuinely didn't leave the house because I was sick to death of yeah. seeing cars yeah it and was I like just put I'd it down work, to you yeah. working so hard yeah well that was probably a part of it as well but it was genuinely I'd have people message me and they'd be like oh my car's doing this I'd ignore them I don't <laughs> care about your car right now I've been looking at them for yeah, 10 hours today it can get like that when you're surrounded by something all day do you know yeah. when I worked back in the chefing industry it was the same with food sometimes it was it was again it was just like you're surrounded mm. by all this food wonderful I didn't know you were a chef when you cook you just <laughs> You'd go home and not eat. Yeah, you do. Because yeah. you're, just getting the, you, you're surrounded by it. You do eat, obviously, otherwise you'd die. But yeah. it was, it, you're just not interested in that, the makeup of doing it. Do you know I was like, oh, something quick, please. I've got so many chef friends that will finish work and go through the drive-thru. Or so many chef yeah. friends that will finish work, they'll go home and they'll make a pot noodle. Because <laughs> they can't this, be bothered. This is what you're saying about the cars. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You, you, yeah. One one of the things that that recently happened when we were working at the British Motor Show, brilliant show, absolutely amazing people and amazing vehicles. What did I do? I got flight tracker on my phone and watching all the private jets because I was that bored of all the cars. (laughs) (laughs) I was sat in the car while we were on our break and I was watching all these private jets, seeing where they were coming in and going. I'm going, that was Seb, Seb, that one's come from Dubai. <laughs> this one's got, this one's coming in from France. I wonder what it's got on it. And it was, it was mad watching all like the Rolls Royces pull up to them. Mm-hmm. There was a yellow McLaren there one day and all the entourage. And then we saw one of the Royal Family's um, ones, didn't we? And uh, and he's like, oh my God, look at that Mustang and look at that. And look at, you know, Super over there, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, but look at this one landing. It <laughs> looks exactly the same as every other one that's landing. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is crazy. Like, I nearly got into the automotive industry with sales, funnily enough. Working for the same company. Yeah, which you told me not to. Um, you know, I was very, very close to it. Yeah, I was very, very close. Because I was at a point in my life where, you know, I've always worked like an office job, like mm. on the computers all the time, and and that kind of side of things. But I've always wanted to get into the automotive industry. I've always been passionate about it. But that is one of my concerns, you know, not wanting to do that. You know, I wanted to get into sales or social media or, you know, something along that, that lines. But then I thought, you know, is my passion for mid Lanks going to kind of simmer out a little it bit? Will. I kind of differentiate myself with my job. It's completely, completely different to automotive. I turn up in my car and they're all like... Well, the the rowdies, like the nice business spec, business spec cars, <laughs> and I'm there with my noisy old sleek and like. <laughs> but you know, it does differentiate me a little bit, and I am a bit thankful for that because you do hear mm, about these, yeah. you know, these things. I would hate for my my passion to kind of, you know, that's one thing that I'm thankful for. You you mentioned mm. about your rap, Henry. So if, if you've got a project that you've got in mind, how long's that uh, been on You know what it is as well? I think for me it's more of finding the time and the space in between the time. But then it's like even the cars we get in at the moment, you can have, you know, all the top of the range vehicles in, but they're never in the unit long enough for me to actually enjoy them. So now they're just a project and I can't wait to get it finished and out. You know, make sure the customer's happy and that's it next. So it's not even like, when I first started, it was like, you know, oh, wow, 
there's a Rolls coming in, you know, or, you know, this Cullinan, or, you know, I've got another Lambo coming in, this, that, and the other. And now it's just like, okay, the ball, bolts and clips. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll just see it as what it is, you know, right, this has got to come off, that's got to come off, this has got to come off. And they're just sections. You know, so I don't have as much love for the vehicle while it's in the unit yeah. as opposed to when I see it out on the road. You know, because I'm looking at it from another angle when it's with me. We were talking, I don't know if it was you two, I was talking about doing, if you were to be told, or be, if we were to do something, which we are going to have a chat about this at some point, go from Land's End to John O'Groats on a trip, what car would you go? And everybody, were, you know, at the time we were in, oh, Lambo, or this. If you've drove a Lamborghini Aventador yeah. or something, you would not drive it from there to there. No. You can't nice sit in the car that I would drive is the black cab. The black cab that sat outside because that thing is so comfy. It is quite comfy, it, isn't it? Yeah. Put it in gear and it just goes and you're just pattering along in the thing. Big chair like this thing in it. You know, and it's mad. But I'd be in a Tiguan mm. with a massage seat, me. Yeah, a Tiguan. Oh, that's a good choice. Yeah. It'd have to be a Dawn for me, to be honest. A Dawn? Yeah, yeah. only because um, one of my good friends brought me his to take it to London. Oh, and then, like, it, you know, yeah. before when you see it, and then you were getting back into your car when you got yeah. back, and you're like, "What the?" Yeah. You know, I did the same. Yeah. But he's like, "No, we'll just take it. Look, it's fine." I'm like, oh, "I don't really want it. It's, I don't really want to drive a house to London because <laughs> to me that is a house, you know. But to him, it's just a piece of metal. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and when he explained that to me, I was like, "You know, okay, fair enough." You know, so we took it, and it was just a great ride. You know, I didn't almost fall asleep once which I normally do yeah. <laughs> when I'm doing long journeys. Yeah. And I just enjoyed the smooth ride. Yeah, and then you get back and you're like, okay, right now I've got to jump into my E5. <laughs> you know, and the steering wheel feels thick. Yeah. You know, it's got an automatic box, so it's still there, uh, you know. But just the luxuries, you know, go from one extreme to the other. Yeah, yeah. But then for me, I think it worked the opposite way because I saw what I want and I'd driven what I want one day. Yeah. And that just gives me more reason to work for that. Yeah. As opposed to you, it just turns you off for a bit. Yeah. So again, it's perception, isn't it? And how you look at things. The worst part of me was getting out of all the, the automatics, like the Lambos, the RS5s, yeah. getting back in a manual diesel. <laughs> well, that's the thing, I'd never <laughs> go back. Try. I don't think, unless it's a, a sport car, mm. like a proper, you know, beefy, like say, yeah. a Mustang. If it was a Mustang, then it would have to be manual. Yeah. But anything else, I think, automatic all day long. I love just getting back in my Peugeot 306. I've got the 6 Series and I've got the, the 3 Series there. And it's it's like that 306 because it was my first car and it just drives so well. And going back to what you were just saying about prejudices with cars, you know, when you, you there's this image of the, you know, you were saying as well with the sleekers and stuff, uh, you know, when you would turn up at a job in the sleeker. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be, it really oh, matter, no. should it? It's only the same as anything else. Nope. You know, people have said to me, oh, look at that shitty old Persian, but you don't know what that Persian actually means, no. you know, or feels like or anything like that. We yeah. are blessed, a lot of us here, you know, to drive, like we have been in the industry, to drive some of the most wonderful cars out there, you know, the expensive cars and that. But do you know what? Sometimes you wouldn't want to actually own them. You know, well, no, obviously, you know, there are bills that come with owning them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and it's just some some things like having your first car and having the experience of being able to drive it each day and stuff like that is just. I think that's pretty special. Do you know? And that's why I love that thing out there. We just 
nip to a local burger yeah. place. <laughs> See, the then, thing is, though, I've never felt as comfortable driving that truck than any other car mm. because I, I don't care about potholes anymore. You know, before, <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the alloys on one of my cars was just so tiny. The run flat wheels and everything, you could feel every single sig dimp. You know, yeah, it was just so uncomfortable. But yeah. I loved it because, it, again, it was manual. Yeah. And I was in that mode, you know, I just loved driving manual. And then when I moved over to automatic, yeah. and then I don't really need to worry about curbs anymore. It just makes a difference. And you just think, oh, you know what, I've got to where I'm going. Yeah. Not worried about anything. Isn't it how, um, how comfortable and at home you feel in certain vehicles. Yeah. Like, like you say, with you know, the Peugeot, you, you get back in that and you, you, you really enjoy that. Um, it is funny how how it makes you feel, you know, how comfortable you feel in in, in them and what experience you get from them. It it really mm. does depend on the individual. Everyone yeah. everyone's got their own. That's place. it. That's it. Is it's an individual preference, and yeah. that you can't change that, can you? Yeah, like you say, no one else knows how that makes you feel, or how mm. comfortable that vehicle makes <clears> you feel, and how you enjoy it. It's just everyone looking from the outside in. Isn't it really? Well, that's it. I mean, I've had years where, um, like, in the BMW, I couldn't drive it in the snow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't even drive it in the wet, let alone in the snow. So I was like, right, okay, but this, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'm, I can't wait for the snow to come just to give it a go. Oh, yeah. And, Definitely. You know, it's got the heated seats, and I love the heated seats. Obviously, the Peugeot doesn't, but that's one of the luxuries of driving a modern car. Thank you very much, Corey, for being a guest. That's all right. Hope you've enjoyed the first talk top and hope everybody else here has enjoyed it. Did it? Well yeah, thank you. It's been the uh, the first one over and out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we could get them up on the screen. So go to talk talk. Yeah. <laughs> 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 They'll come up on the screen. <laughs> You can do it over Tim's face. Mm -hmm. So if you yeah. just point out Tim's find, face, we'll just put it over his face. Here yeah. and here. Yeah. <laughs>